Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Port Hope resident Angela Grogan recently discovered former municipal councillor and journalist Larry Hall. Hall died in 2014. Hall grew up in Garden Hill and was a prominent figure in Northumberland County. During his lifetime, he explored his personal history. His great-grandparents were fugitive slaves who fled the United States for Canada along the Underground Railroad. Hall was regularly seen each year at the Port Hope Public Library giving presentations on the history of black people in Northumberland County. This inspired Grogan. She's scheduled to make a presentation to Port Hope Council on February 13th as part of Black History Month. There, she hopes to raise the profile of black people, both past and present. She is also taking part in the raising of a pan-African flag on February 1st. In this interview, she will share her passion for black history as well as her experiences as a black woman in Port Hope. I am so pleased to have with me today Port Hope resident Angela Grogan. Welcome to Consider This Northumberland. Thank you, Robert. It's a pleasure. You have arranged to make a presentation to Council on February 13th to speak to Port Hope Council regarding the importance of Black History Month locally. Why is it so important to raise awareness of the history and contributions of Black citizens in our area? Robert, um, when we look at the ethnicity of our area, and when we listen to the assumptions that Black people came into Port Hope in very recent time, uh, mostly because of the new subdivisions, it is a false narrative. Black people have been in Port Hope since the 1850s. I took um, careful research to look into Black history, not only in Port Hope, but in Northumberland. And the contributions, the challenges have not been forefront or highlighted. And that could be contributed to a lot of the shame that will be associated with the time that these people were here because some of them were here as slaves, some of them were free slaves. And if you might know, the last recorded um, slave trade was a young boy, 14 years old, who was sold in Colburn. And that's not too far from Port Hope. <laughs> I think you're talking about Eli Keeler, who was one yes. of the, the the men who uh, was responsible for the creation of Colborne and Crammy Township. Yes. And uh, I believe uh, the, the young boy's name was Tom, and he was sold to, I believe, William Bell. Yeah, for $75. Bellville. 
Incredible. Yes, incredible history. And I'm sure that if we went anywhere in the libraries in Port Hope, we wouldn't see that. And it's so uh, unfortunate that archives are not really open. So residents, whether they're people of color or Black people, would have no access to that. So the myth would continue. Not only was it Coburn, but then in the 1850s, there was a Mr. Smith who was considered a very gentle man. Um, on his wedding night, he was dragged from his bed, tied to a rail and killed, and assumedly it was in Port Hope, all because he was black and he was married to a white woman that day. So he's on his wedding bed and you know he's killed. No one was ever charged. So these are the kind of things that um, saddened me when I started looking not only because of Black History Month, but during my elections and during the myth that people would say to me, oh, you're the first. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Let's also look at Larry Hall, a three-term counselor who lived, was born in Garden Hills, grew up thinking he was a white boy, a white man, a white child, only to find out as a teenager that that wasn't necessarily true. So again, he was the first black history teacher and he was doing some of what I'm doing and probably better than I'm doing it because he's had the experience. So when I viewed his documentary, I researched his family, got to meet them. And, you know, it's so not sad, but it tells us that black history is in Port Hope long before residents drove here from Toronto. It's fascinating. I, I had the privilege of knowing Larry Hall as a journalist, mm -hmm. uh, a local journalist, and and had interactions with him through that. Part of his research, though, that he talks about and, and something that he always left with me was this idea that we weren't on the Underground Railway. They came here as slaves as part of the British migration out yes. of the United States. Yes. And in fact, slavery in Canada was not abolished, I, I think, until 1793. Is that is that correct? In yeah. Canada? yeah. Yeah. The first slave got here about in the 1600, Matthew da Costa. And he was a trans, he was, and, you know, successful, intelligent um, translator. And again, then when we look at Port Hope established in 1789. So if you have slaves coming in at 1850, that's not a long time. So there were early settlers still. And, and to, uh, as part of our country's history, it wasn't until August 1st of 1883 that the Emancipation Act was passed in Canada. Yes. And, and, and you know, so that says a lot even there that, that uh, you know, slavery was still in the closet, if you will. Yeah, right. Out, so that's exactly. Yeah. On the open. Yeah, um, I don't know. What does that tell us then about local history and the history in regards to Black people in Canada? It it sort of confirms the oppression, um, the marginalization, the denial, and almost the act to make them disappear, whether physically or mentally. Because remember, if we look at Larry Hall's family, they disappeared mentally for survival. And it is so easy for people of color to do that. But not all of it's negative. Now, I'm aware of a man by the name of Bob Turner. He was the Parks and Recreation Director 
1958 in Colborne. Mm -hmm. He was well-loved. He ran great programs. All kinds of people participated. And I know from my own research that he was celebrated and commemorated when he left. I wondered, had you discovered anybody else in your research that was not necessarily a uh, uh, facing oppression, but in fact was making large contributions to our community in Port Hope and across Northumberland? Well, I must say my research focused a lot on Larry Hall and on the atrocities that were done. And the and when you told me about the fact that people were celebrating this person, you could celebrate me as a black woman, but does that make me feel celebrated? And that's something that no one could ever answer unless that person give testimony. And again, that's why Black History Month is important because we need to tell our stories ourselves. Someone else is saying that we were celebrated. We need to hear from that person. That's really interesting because the theme of Black History Month this year, as stated by Heritage Canada, is Black excellence, a heritage to celebrate, a future to build. Can you give us some sense of what that means to you when you hear that? Well, a future to celebrate, a heritage to build. I think the author or the person who came with that title must remember, we are continuously ce celebrating, contributing in science and in all aspects. Our future is the same as any other Canadian because Honorable Dr. Jean Augustine said, Black history is just not for Black people. It is, it's, it's not just Black history for Black people. It is Canadian history. So when we use the words like will and future, we're saying something different. We're here, it's present, we've been contributing in all the sciences and all the disciplines. It was not that long ago that driving around Northumberland County, you would find garden statues of Black people holding a lantern at a roadside or garden ornaments of Black children fishing. Have we really changed our attitudes locally towards racism? No. And I'll tell you why. It is not just the statues. It's the actual people. Um, I'll give you a personal story. I moved from Toronto here in 2013, but I used my house almost like a cottage because I lived in another part of York region. And this is where I like escape on weekends. And one weekend I invited a group of my friends over and we're outside on the outside veranda, just partying up. And I will never forget this incident. Two young men, probably in the early twenties, drove right up and said the N word moved into Port Hope. And here we are, professional teachers. One lawyer was in the group. And we were like, wow. And they said to me, why would you want to move here? And I go, this is Canada. It doesn't matter where you move. You'll find spirits like that roaming. And what do you do? You stay and you show that you can be a better person and have a civic responsibility for all. Two years ago, there were racist slogans investigated by the OPP and the Port Hope Police in two separate incidences. And you've talked about your own experience <laughs> in, a very, in a very direct way. What do you experience day to day? No, I must say um, I've had a few encounters and those people are just a minority in my life. 
But overall, I have great friends in Port Hope um, of all races and ethnicities, all socioeconomics, because that's who I am. The Black population in 2016 in Northumberland County was 835. In 2021, it rose to 925. That's not even 100 people for the entire county. Why do you think that is? Well, you know what? Um, Sometimes it has to do with amenities. Sometimes it's too far. (laughs) You know, that's too far to live. Because I know my friends say that. Um, And sometimes people like to feel... I always say, if you if you look at human beings and you look at animals, they like to be very much within their tribe. So if the tribe is not big enough, they probably won't want to come. So I am sometimes when I look around and I see a black person in Port Hope, it's obvious we connect right away. It's, oh, hi, do you live here? And where do you live? But we wouldn't see a lot. We might see more in Toronto and that's what it is, a multicultural city. Do equity, inclusion, and diversity initiatives at the municipal level make a difference in your mind? What are they? I ask. Right now at the municipal level, um, we haven't had a clear display besides the Pan-African flag that we raised on February 1st. That is a symbol of equity, diversity, and inclusivity. So when we look at that, that flag on February 1st has made a breakthrough. Right now, I think council and the mayor, they're still at probably staff reports or trying to source consultants to develop policy. And I am a proactive person. We don't need policy. our our new consultants, it already has been written. We need to adapt and adopt some of the policies that have been already proven successful in other communities. Can you give us some examples? Well, the examples is the visibility when we look around at the hiring practices in the municipal office. Um, I don't see anybody that reflects me or reflects yeah, there's a couple of people of color in administrative positions. When we look at our police force here in police service, I don't see anybody who reflects me, but I see people who represent me that is of a different, you know, color. And I'm not saying that color makes the person the right person, but it's a symbol. It's a symbol of a natural, inclusive community that's aiming for diversity. Has Black Lives Matter made an impact locally? Black Lives Matter is controversial, but Black Lives Matter has its place. When we look at the Pan-African flag and Marcus Garvey, he was Black Lives Matter. Because long before it was organized in what we see now, um, basically because of all the racial violence police against Blacks in the U.S. And in Canada, too, it's a new mobilization of a younger generation. But remember, this struggle has been going on for 400 years. It just takes different bodies to move it forward. Last year, Northumberland Hills Hospital raised the Black Lives Matter flag for the month of February. 
Yes. The town of Port Hope, as you mentioned earlier, is planning to raise a Pan-African flag for February. Mm-hmm. Now, are these civic and public displays significant? You talked about them being symbolic. Mm-hmm. But how, as a community, do we address this? Do we make it more concrete and therefore more meaningful to the community at large? Well, yes, we've made it. Um, Mayor Olena and council and the administrative staff has made it concrete. We have a proclamation, and that alone has a value. It's very valuable to have a proclamation. So when I made that um, request for the flag, I too thought about Black Lives Matter flag. I am going to be very honest with you. And it came from a sense of resistance that I wanted that flag. Resistance about what happened to me on February 23rd by the inspector of police in Port Hope. But when I wrote my request, I did put a request for the Black Lives Matter flag. And the deputy, sorry, the acting clerk, Shishma Dave, she said to me, Angela, can we have this conversation outside of emails? And I said, sure. And a younger woman, a person of color, we spoke, maybe like mother and daughter. And I said to her after the conversation, I feel that I reacted based on my emotions, but I should now react on behalf of my community. I would like to have the Black History Month flag. And that is the Pan-African flag that she researched with other municipalities using it, and in conformity, Port Hope chose that flag. So through this process that you've gone through, how do you feel now about council and its direction going forward? Um, I am not going to make a general statement or endorsement for council, because the only contact I've had um, is through um, the acting clerk, she was the almost like the the bridge that I crossed over. The mayor has been, I must say, very supportive. I will not say anything different, but the mayor understands. This is her discipline. This is her discipline. And I, I think it's not only her discipline, but I think it's her life. She understands. You can't study something and, under, and not understand it. But I I remind her, you study it, I inherited it, and I live it. So sometimes we're never going to see eye to eye. However, I still want to see what council are doing about the equity, diversity, and inclusion that was big on the platforms. I haven't seen anything. This raising of the flag um, and the proclamation started on January 15th, 2024, and was accomplished this week. Isn't that saying there's collaboration, cooperation, and that something could be done a lot quicker than what for two years, 2023, they're still trying to do it. And I was able to bring it forward in less than a month. 
What is your advice to the rest of us to help build a better understanding of Black history in Northumberland County? First, I would want everybody not to focus on the word Black history, but to realize that it is Canadian history. And even you might not know it, it's your responsibility to research it, to get to know it, and to move it to the general context that yes, it should be taught in schools. It should be proclaimed in the county. And that when we look around at the magnificent contributions that Blacks have made to everyday life, the simple things like the cell phone created by a Black person for the first time, look at laser cataract surgery, Dr. Bath, a Black woman, look at the GPS system. Again, if you learn about Black history, take it from the accomplishments and the contributions and then you could bring it into the lives of yourself, your family. When you use things in your homes, when you stop at a traffic light, there's a lot more than just history about slavery. There's history about inventions and contributions in politics, etc. What do you hope to say to council on February 13th? <laughs> My my topic for council, I, I sort of hold it close to my heart, but I want to let them know that Port Hope, and I'm dealing with Port Hope in specific, is located between, we're sandwiched between Durham and GTA. We're the small town and then we have Coburg, we're sandwiched. And that the growth of Port Hope will look very much different in the future. And unless we put guardrails, structures, remove antiquated laws and bylaws, and allow the feeling of acceptance to people of color, black people, people with um, chosen sexualities, identities, we will never be able to say that Port Hope is a welcoming place. You remember, it is not that we accept Blacks, but the others are not. We've got to include. That's why the word is called including a diverse, equitable town. Angela Grogan, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you, Robert. It's a pleasure. That was Angela Grogan, a Port Hope resident. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in. And I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at 
considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.